This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. Well, I'm Pastor, Mrs. Pastor, they call me, for those of you who don't know me. Um, Pastor says hello. So he's not here tonight, obviously. That's why I'm here. (laughs) But if he were here, I'd still be here. But anyway, you know how it goes. Okay, well, um, I'm going to be teaching tonight on the God kind of love. And, you know, it's something that you need to stop to think about God's love. Because God's love is perfect. Without God, there would be no love. Because God is love. Amen. You know, I keep thinking about this book. We need to get some more of these for the bookstore. This guy went to hell. I forget his name. But it's an excellent book. I never realized how horrific hell was until I read that book. There's no parting in hell, so you might as well get over that idea really quick. There's also no mercy in hell because there's no love in hell because it's all, you know, Satan and his junk. He has no love. He has no mercy. He has no grace. None of the above. So to think about God's love in comparison to the devil's non-love is pretty interesting because God's love is full of love, is full of grace. You know, he gives us grace, he enables us when we need to be enabled to do something. God's love is full of mercy. You know, he's merciful to us when sometimes we deserve stuff, but it doesn't come down our 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 way because God has had mercy on us and he's withheld the judgment or whatever. God's compassionate. You know, he sees that he sees the the sick, the weak, the poor, you know, and his heart goes out to them. He has compassion. So God's love is an awesome thing. And, uh, you know, there's there's several kinds of of love. God, the God kind of love is called agape. That's the God kind of love. And so whenever you see that word, you know, in the Bible, if you went through the word and I was going to do this today, but I, I didn't get around to it. If you go in the Bible and you look at the words love in different places, it'll be translated different ways. Sometimes it'll be agape. When we say love, we just we have one word, love. That's it. Covers everything. But not so in the Bible because if you if you take those words, loves, and you, and you look them up in the uh, the Strong's Concordance, it will take you back to the root word. What what kind of love are they talking about? If they're talking about the God kind of love, then it's then it's translated you know from the the word agape. But there's also another kind of love, and it's called phileo or brotherly love. You know, like the city of Philadelphia is called the city of brotherly love. That's where that that comes from. There's an eros kind of love, which is a romantic type of love. There's a storge love, which I may be pronouncing it wrong. Am I pronouncing that wrong? Storge. Okay, a storge. Okay. Then you all would know. So storge. Uh, we always have to ask him how do you pronounce all this stuff because he knows all these funny words. Anyway, that's a parent-child love. But there's also several other kinds of loves with, uh, I'm not, I'm not going to get into the psychiatry of the whole thing, so I'm not going there tonight. But I just wanted to show you a few things about that. Now, 1 John 4, 9, you don't have to turn there. Uh, very short scripture says, God is love. So when you think of God, you just think of love. God is love. God is love. God is love. That's what God is. You know, he's just love. Um, when when the Lord um, came down to earth, you know, established uh, Adam and Eve in the garden, you know, he brought love with him. And love was established on the earth when uh, the Lord brought Adam and Eve down there. And if it weren't for, for God being here, there would be no love. 
If it weren't for God's love, there would be no love in the earth, period. And so, you know, you have to kind of stop and think about that. What, you know, you think about, well, what are, are some of the attributes of agape love, God's, God kind of love? Well, for one thing, it's unconditional. You know, a lot of times as parents, we love our children unconditionally. They can go out and be complete and total idiots. We may not like what they're doing, but we still love them. You know, um, that's pretty cool. God's love is unconditional, too. I mean, we can be out there. You know, he loved us when we were yet sinners. He loved us. He still loves us. So um, his great love for us, it's unconditional. You know, like I said, does he like the way that we act and the way that we do things? Does he like it when we're sinning? No, he doesn't like that at all. But yet, he still loves us. He's forgiving. You know, 1 John 1, 9, if you, if you confess your sins, 1 John 1, 9 says, He is faithful and just to forgive you your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. You know, he's the, he's the God cleanser. He's the one that makes everything new, makes everything, you know, so you blew it. You come to him and he's the God of a second chance. You know, but he's also the God of, uh, you know, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh chance. You know, after a while, hopefully you're going to get it. And you're going to get right with God and you're going to stay right with God. And you're going to live a fruitful, productive life in God. You know, the God kind of love is John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's the God kind of love. That's what God did for us. And it's an awesome thing that he did. Amen. You know, if you if you need to, uh, if you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you really need to look into that because your way of doing life actually stinks. But if you surrender your life to Jesus Christ, he's got a plan for your life that it, it'll just knock your socks right on you. You know, God's not a sock thief, so he he will knock your socks right on you. He will give you socks. Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> you know, sometimes we say stuff that's really backwards, and so we don't, we don't want to say that, you know, God will knock your socks right off of you. Well, we need our socks. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, if you need socks, he'll give you socks. But his ways are right. His ways are perfect. His ways are pure. His word says that for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Why? Because he's, he is such a great and an awesome God. He's the perfect one. We aren't. You know, God's not going to change. His ways aren't going to change. That means that we have to. We have to line up with his word. And you may say, well, you know, that's old stuff. You know, that Bible, that was written a long time ago. No, but it never changes. Society can change, but society can also be extremely wrong. You know, think about the mess that happened in Florida today. You know, was that God's will? That's, that wasn't God's will. But, you know, I got to thinking about that, and I got to thinking about all the, the school shootings and stuff like that, and I thought back to the 60s. I know you can't believe I'm that old. But I go back to the 60s when I was in high school, when God was allowed in school, when we had Bible clubs in school. I was the president of the Bible club when I was in high school. Uh, we had Bible, we had prayer, we had pastors that came in for convocation, you know, assemblies and taught us and stuff like that. There were no school shootings back then. One of these days, people are going to put two and two together. You get God back in the public school system and all that stuff's going to be gone. Amen. Hallelujah. So praise the Lord. Well, Galatians 5.22, when it talks about the fruit of the spirit, the first one says love, 
For the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, and on and on it goes. But the first one is love. The fruit of the Spirit is the main thing is love. Because if we've got the love of God, then everything else is going to kind of fall into place. I'm not really looking up these verses today. I'm just I'm just reading them to you so you can write them on your paper there. First Corinthians 13:7, which is part of the uh, the love chapter. I pull this verse out. I gave that in that little card that I gave you. It's in there. One of the things is this is is that love is ever ready to believe the best of every person. Now that's kind of hard to do. You know, think about some people that's kind of hard to think the best of. Let's see, what's the name of that? Guy in China, North Korea, I mean, what's his name? Well, I know what President Trump calls him, but I can't remember his real, <laughs> that guy. It's kind of hard to think, you know, <clears throat> the best of him. But, um, you know, when we think about people in general, maybe people that we work with, people in our family, extended family members, you know, things like that. Sometimes love is ever ready to believe the best of every one of them because sometimes they pull stuff that isn't too cool. But yet, we've got to thank, you know, we've got to walk in love and forgiveness with them for one thing because we can't harbor it against them because, you know, the Lord says that if we don't forgive them, he's not going to forgive us, and that's kind of a heavy revy too. But I love God's standards. Because God's standards are something that we have to achieve too. You know, I I got a clue for you. God's not going to lower his standards for our benefit. You know, it's not like, you know, everybody gets a prize for participation, that kind of thing. No, God has a standard. And it's up to us to go to that standard and to stay at that standard to the best of our ability with God's help to be at that standard that he has set for our lives. Because his ways are better than ours. You know, think about you as a parent. You know that you're not going to let your little two-year-old play in the street. I mean, you know, it's pretty obvious that uh, little two-year-olds in streets, they don't get along very well. Well, it's the same thing when the Lord warns us about sin and different things. He says, you know, don't go there. You know, God says, I don't want you playing in the street. I don't want you committing this sin or that sin or whatever else. I don't want you doing that. Is it because he's a mean, bad God and he wants to, you know, beat us over the head all the time? No, it's because of his great love for us that he doesn't want us harmed. He doesn't want us injured. That's why he tells us these things in his word. And that's why it, it's smart for us to get into the word of God and to see what it, what is it that he is saying to us. Amen. Galatians 5, 6 tells us that faith works by love. So we can have all the faith in the world. You know, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So say, for instance, that we're developing our faith in the healing area or we're developing our faith in the financial area or we're developing our faith in whatever area that you you need to have your faith developed in. Your faith works by love. No love, no faith. I don't care if you can stand up here and quote me every scripture that's in the word about a certain topic. If you're going home and being a rat at home you know if you're not if you're if you're two different people i like the way dr barker said being a double agent do 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 you know you come in here and you're you're one way you go out there in the world you go home and you're just a little hellion you know what i mean you're you're being a double agent you're working for god on the one side but yet you're working for for satan on the other side god's not going to bless you because you are not walking in love with people by the way that you're being a double agent. So it's a whole lot easier if you just surrender to God and just do things his way. 
You can be the most faithful tither in the world. But if you aren't walking in love with people, your tithing is not going to work. God will not rebuke the devourer for your sakes. He will not open up the windows of heaven and pour out blessings that you have room enough to receive, even if you are a tither, because you're being a stinker. So that doesn't work. Your prayers will not be answered if you are not walking in love and forgiveness with people. See, we've got to attain to that God kind of love. Amen. I like Romans 5, 5. It's a really cool scripture. It says, the love of God is shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Ghost who is given to us. And that's one of the main scriptures that I use for our nursery people and the, and the people that work with our children. Because if you take a little baby, there's a couple of little babies back there. There's little Edge and little Brody. They're twins. They're about what? Eight, wait, eight months old? Eight months? Okay, they're eight months old. But you know, they, they can't talk yet. But their little spirits can pick up on stuff. And so like I tell the nursery workers, you know, when you're working in the nursery, the love of Jesus that's in your heart is shed abroad in your heart into these little people. And they may not ever know how to say your name or whatever, but the love of God from your heart goes into their little spirits and they, and they remember that. So even though they're little bitty people, the love of God being shed abroad in our heart to, to little bitty babies or really anybody is a very powerful thing. And it's a thing that people will always remember, especially children. If you take a child that's in like, say, for instance, our children's ministry, and they feel the love of the, of the Lord in our children's workers, you know, maybe they come from a kind of a, a, a messed up family where they only come every once in a while or or maybe they've come a time or two and they never come again. But one thing that they will always remember is that love that was shed abroad into their heart by that children's church worker that had the love of God in their heart. They will always remember that. And someday they will be drawn back to that love. And they'll say, I want to go where that love is at. And then somehow they'll remember it was in children's church when I was six years old or whatever. And it will bring them back. That love will draw them back. That's how powerful God's love is. Um, Mark 11:26 says, uh, "Let's look. Let's do look that one up." Mark 11:26, really cool scripture. I gave you a couple of, of cards tonight. One of them um, has all kinds of scriptures in there about God's love, and so it, it's just kind of a cool thing for you to read at home. And then the other one is the, the, the love chapter, 1 Corinthians 13. But these are really, really cool things for you to take home and, and to read later on because we don't have the time to go over those tonight. But Mark 11:26 says this. I'm in the King James. Jesus said this. said, but if you do not forgive, <clears throat> excuse me, neither will your Father which is heaven forgive you your trespasses or your sins. So, see, I mentioned that a little bit earlier. We can't go holding offense against people or holding grudges against people or things like that. You know, and sometimes of our own selves, we say, well, there's no way that I can, there's no way that I can forgive that person. But Jesus in you can. And if you just go to the Father and you say, Lord, I need you to help me to be able to forgive so and so. Because some of the sins that people have have uh, uh, committed against others is horrific. You know, it's, it's, it's hard. But Jesus can help you with that. 
And he wants you to get rid of all that bitterness and all that stuff that may be in your heart. So remember that scripture. You know, if you want God to forgive you, you're going to have to have him help you forgive other people. That's, that's just the way he works things. God's primary nature is to love, as is shown in his rescue plan for us through his son, Jesus Christ. And the cross of Jesus is the greatest demonstration of God's love for us. He gave it all, you know. He gave it all. When he died on the cross, he took our sins. I like the way, I don't know if it's a living Bible, one of the translations says, when Jesus died for us, he took all of our sins and poured it into him. And he took all of his righteousness and poured it into us. It's kind of like the great exchange because of his great love. Only because of his love. For God so loved the world that he gave. We always have to remember that. God also sent his Holy Spirit to transform us and to make us new in the love of God. So, when, you know, when you become a born-again Christian, there's a, there's a fancy word called sanctification. You know, sometimes when somebody asks Jesus into their heart, you know, their, their inside changes, but it takes a while sometimes for the outside to change. They might still be cussing, they might still be smoking, they might still be doing whatever, but at the same time, then the Lord starts convicting them. Uh, why don't you stop doing that, you know? And that's called, the cleaning up process is called sanctification. And actually it takes place our entire life. You know, because sometimes, you know, sometimes the outward sins go, but it's the attitudes, it's the stinking thinking, all that kind of stuff that we need to get cleansed from. You know, that sanctification, that cleansing process. But he makes us new in his love. Hallelujah. God's greatest commandment for us is to love the Lord, to love him back, and to love one another. God calls us to be the love in our world that he has created us to be. Amen. Amen. We're to be that love. We're, we're to be the, that love carrier. You know, sometimes you think of a contagious disease. You know, it goes around. Well, there's a good contagious thing to that, too. It's called the love of God. The love of God can be very contagious. You know, you start loving on people, and, and they're going to say, man, I want what you've got. It draws them because of that, the great love of God that's in our heart. And I'm going to close with this. We're going to make this short tonight, but hopefully you're getting the message. Amen. First Corinthians 13, 13 tells us, and now abide faith. These are, these are the ones that remain. Faith, hope, and love. Faith's a great thing, you know. Without faith, it's impossible to please God, the Bible says. So faith is a big deal. Hope's a big deal because unless you've got hope, you never can get to the faith part. You got to be able to say that. Maybe, maybe, maybe I could possibly attain this. That's hope. And then you turn that hope into faith by, by studying God's word and seeing what he will do for you and love. But the greatest of these is love. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.